This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm John O'Holmes and welcome to the latest edition of the Total Saints podcast where we gather together a panel of Saints experts to discuss all things Southampton Football Club. So yes, the Premier League season is back and we wish we could say that failing to hold a lead, a flimsy defence and a blunt attack was so last season. But uh, unfortunately, here we are. Uh, As always, we're live streaming our podcast to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and now Twitch as well. So a big welcome to everyone watching tonight. The audio podcast will be available to download later this evening. So ready for your Monday morning commute or your pre-work run as well. Lastly, as always, a massive thank you to our TSP patrons. We've got a new addition to the patron ranks this week. Uh, Welcome to Ilya Markov, who is based in Bulgaria and part of the Bulgarian Saints He's just joined our Bobby Stokes tier. So welcome to you, Ilya. Okay, so coming up on this week's podcast, we'll be uh, chewing the fat over our opening day defeat to Spurs. We'll be talking formations, new coaching staff, and so much more as well. And we'll be looking ahead to our first home game of the season against Leeds next weekend. If you're watching live tonight, then please feel free to comment on any of the topics as we go along, and I'll do my best to mention them. Let's, without further ado, introduce our panel for this week. Steve Grant is the owner of Saints Web. Apart from the uh, football, Steve, how's your uh, weekend been? Has it been all right? Yeah, not too bad. Um, just just got back from uh, from Beckenham, watching watching a Hampshire Hampshire team that actually wins games. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's that was good. Uh, Hampshire very good in the cricket at the moment. So uh, yeah, and with with the nice weather, as as you can probably see, I'm a, a little bit red. Um, as a result, <laughs> with with the uh, with the old panda eyes as well. So that's that's gone really well. Love it. And uh, Glenn Delacour is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Uh, Glenn, how's things with you? Have you been enjoying the sunshine as well? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the sunshine pouring through the roof of the stadium yesterday, <laughs> right into my eyes. It did, did, did mean I probably couldn't see the game as well as I would normally do. So, uh, yeah, probably not a bad thing. Uh, I've decided this year that I'm just going to drink heavily before games <laughs> and, um, yeah, try and try and dull the pain a little bit. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Felt a little, felt a little, had a little bit of a headache this morning actually, but uh, no, it was uh, it was a good day out despite the result. And uh, yeah, today just been pottering around really, trying to do as little as possible and uh, try not to get too angry about it. Yeah, drink drink your way through it. It's a good uh, yeah. good advice. I uh, Alfie helps uh, covers all things Saints for the Daily Echo. Uh, How has your week been, Alfie? All good. Yeah, all good. Thank you, John. It was uh, nice to get back to Staplewood and get a proper press conference going. Um, Ralph was in pretty good spirits, I think, till about 20 past three on Saturday. And uh, a journalist had their phone go off. Their wife was ringing them midway through the conference as well. So there was uh, some good moments. But yeah, it's just a shame about shame about Saturday, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll uh, get into that in a second. So let's get into it then. Underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 202 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. Podcast. 
Now, doesn't it feel like football has never been away? Uh, Saints slumping to a 4-1 defeat to Tottenham in the opening game of the new Premier League season. A positive start going one up in the game, thanks to uh, James Ward-Prowse, but then old frailties rearing their ugly head as Saints capitulated. Uh, Steve, first to you, what was your take on the whole, uh, whole events of Saturday? I mean, in many ways, it was very, very predictable, wasn't it? Um, I think the only unpredictability was that the goals that we weren't just taken apart by Harry Kane and Hyung Min Sun. I mean, Sun, I think, scored 10 against us. Kane can't be far behind. And yeah, it's 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 one thing to get beaten by a very good Tottenham team, which this which this Tottenham team is. Let's be let's be honest. It's another to concede goals in the way that we did, where essentially you you're not giving yourself a chance. We we take a take a lead and yeah everything you kind of think okay well we've we've got got ourselves a got ourselves a foothold in this game got ourselves in front and all of a sudden just the old bad ways come out like, there's not a single bit of bit of effort to try and stop a ball coming into the box so many crosses into the box yesterday and I mean we're playing five at the back we've got five literally five defenders on the, on the pitch plus essentially two holding midfielders really who should be shuttling across to to give the fullbacks and wingbacks um a little bit of support and yet there's no nobody within um within five or ten yards of the players that are putting putting these these dangerous crosses into the box if you give quality quality premier league players i mean to be honest, let's be honest if you give mediocre premier league players um that sort of time and space they can pick they can pick their spot and so we shouldn't really be surprised that every time these crosses come in we look we look at sixes and sevens because any team that that faces a barrage like that will struggle and well, you could tell from ralph's post match his various post match duties that he's clearly not happy but it's kind of it's kind of his job to to sort this out and have a have a strategy to deal with it and I mean, maybe there is a strategy and the players just aren't carrying carrying it out in the way that he's asking them to in, in which case he's got to say so because at the moment it looks like that the system that, that we picked basically works un, until until there's one bit of adversity and then we collapse in a heap hmm. and yeah, we cut, we cut, we're going to come up against better teams than Spurs I mean there aren't that many teams better than Spurs but there are some and I mean, good lord, they're going to give us an absolute hiding if we're if we if we don't um, don't buck our ideas up very quickly. Mm, looking forward to seeing uh, Valerie Mark in Harland. I just watched City a minute ago. Um, oh, good lord, should be should be interesting. <laughs> uh, Glenn, you were at the game uh, yesterday. I hope you managed to have a yes. decent day out in that uh, that fantastic yes. stadium, despite the result. Um, yeah. How did you see it, and what, what was the general mood like amongst the fans in in the stadium? I think there was. There was a lot of realism before the game. Anyone who I spoke to in the pub and on the way to the game, and uh, I saw a couple of people I know. Oh, I got recognised as well. So TSP is officially massive. Uh, so hi, Nick. Um, are, you, are you sure they didn't just think you were Ralph again? Yeah, no, no, not this time. Beard's gone. So uh, yeah, yeah not, not this time. So uh, yeah, so hi to Nick. Sorry you had to put up with my beard up swearing from the uh, from the from the ground. But uh, yeah, I think there was it was. There was realism that we were un- unlikely to get a result, which turned to, oh my word, when we when we actually scored, because I, you know, I think that was the limit of most people's ambition in there, was to um, was was to get a goal, and to, so to go in front was good, but it, it it was not, it was never one of those. Okay, we're now going to go on and win this. Spurs were a little bit disjointed for the first ten minutes, and and you know, fair play, we scored. It's a good cross by Gineppo over that. You know that was uh, that was good, um, good goal. But you you could just see we were getting torn apart, especially down the flanks, and unsurprisingly, especially down Gineppo's flank, because they had Kulisewski and Emerson Royal, who were just allowed to do whatever they wanted down there. And Gineppo was trying his best, but he ain't a fullback, and he's been he he's been thrown to the wolves by Ralph there. And he he had no chance. I don't really blame Gineppo, but but it it it, it kind of when it went to four one, the the mood kind of changed, and it was my God, are we going to get out of here without getting absolutely smashed? And Tottenham took their foot off the gas. But in truth, we were miles off it. You don't want to go in too hard because at the end of the day, as Steve said, it's a very good side away from home first game. But there wasn't a lot there that was encouraging. And I found the team selection completely bizarre. I found the substitutions bizarre. I 
I, I don't know what, what Ralph was doing. I think the, the five substitutes has given him more license to overthink things. Um, I, I, I just, I just didn't get it. Wrong players selected from the start. And if you start a game, you've got 10 outfield players and four of them are Valerie, Bednarek, Gineppo and Adam Armstrong. That's four who ain't good enough. So if you've got four out of your 10 outfield players who ain't good enough, you're going up against a team like Spurs. Is it any wonder that you're going to get smashed? You know, Gineppo, I know we're short of fullback and we've got injuries and stuff, so he probably didn't have a lot of choice there. But why, why did Bella Kochap not play? He's been, you know, whenever we've played anything like the first choice lineup in a friendly, he's been in there. You know, so why wasn't he playing? You know, Jack Stevens come on at halftime. Why? Why? Why was Valerie picked to start? You know, I mean, he he's done well pre-season, but it it just illustrated again that pre-season is no barometer for who can um, who can do well. But um, you know, when when the when the real games start, so it was it was kind of mystifying. And, and at the end, I think everyone was just pleased to have only got beat four-one. And um, yeah, back to the pub and uh, and wait for the next game against Leeds. But I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit concerned have, having seen the the lack of anything really it didn't seem to be much of a structure certainly defensively and going forward we had absolutely nothing in the second half in particular so it's a little bit worrying going into Leeds which of course it's it's not results against Tottenham that are going to define our season it's results against the other 13 you know and you know Leeds at home is going to be uh, a, a big barometer of where we are or where we aren't yeah we'll, we'll come on to some of the uh, the team selection issues in a second um Alfie, we've we've seen it all so many times, haven't we? Like we've touched on, you know, Saints score, and it was after that almost like only one team was playing the game, and that definitely wasn't Saints, was it? Yeah, it did feel like that a little bit, especially in the second half. I think to be fair to Ralph, I know Glenn's mentioned the team selection, but I think he tried to reward the players that he thought had played well in preseason. But Glenn's absolutely right; preseason is clearly not a you know barometer for measuring performance, certainly not against a, a team like Tottenham. But the thing that frustrated me, I think, most was, one, is the headers. Again, every single game is the headers. They cannot win a header, it seems like, for love nor money. Um, they get beaten every time. And secondly, it's the, the players that were good four months ago are now suddenly unable to to play football to a, a decent standard. And I think it's a real shame that Mohamed Salasu, as one example, has fallen off in the way that he has. I don't know if it's confidence or if it's he just feels like he's being stretched playing next to, to Jan Bednarek. And, and I agree with Glenn as well, the, the substitutions... Although I've defended the team selection there, I was left confused by what I saw at halftime. Um, you know, perhaps not the striker change, but certainly to leave Armel Balakach up on the bench. Uh, and yeah, and it, it doesn't give that much confidence going forward. We've seen it all before. It was so similar to Leicester, the last game of, of last season. And I felt that's the thing they really had to avoid was just starting off on the same foot again. And they've done exactly that. Yeah, well, let's really get into this uh, formation and, and, and team selection issue then. Um, first game saw a repeat of pre-season and we set up with five at the back again. Uh, starting 11 saw three summer signings making their debuts. Uh, Gabin Bazunu got the nod ahead of Alex McCarthy. Romeo Lavia played as the holding midfielder and Joe Aribo played pretty much uh, up front, it seemed, um, for most of the game. Two subs at halftime and Adam Armstrong coming off meant we played the whole second half without an out-and-out striker uh, with Jay Adams failing to get any minutes. Um, Steve, did that surprise you? Yeah, most of that was fairly surprising, I think. I think we all called Bazunu being being first choice. I don't don't think there's a huge amount of um shock or particular sadness with that. I think that I think that was I think that was a good pick, uh, based on what we've seen pre-season. He looks he looks very solid and made some good saves yesterday. Couldn't do anything about the four goals. So yeah, no problem there. The rest the rest of the, the side yeah, Gineppo possibly has to play in that in that position if Perro's not able to play a sizable amount of the game yet. Um, I mean, he's only played fleetingly in preseason, so we assume the twenty minutes he got is probably what he's probably what he's capable of at the moment. Maybe forty-five at the most. But yeah, some of the other changes. Valerie, I mean, as Glenn said, Bella Kochap's been playing all through preseason, and yet all of a sudden he's behind Jack Stevens, who's barely barely featured at all um i mean what's what's that substitution about no idea again the second half time sub Stuart armstrong coming on for for adam armstrong i mean what i don't really know what the thinking is other than i mean are we packing the midfield is are we playing with Stuart with Stuart armstrong and joe rebo up front who are kind of i mean they're both kind of attack minded midfielders but they're not forwards 
And so you're already you're already behind in the game, and yet you've given yourself kind of less um, less attacking threat. And obviously the 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 change didn't work because what eight minutes later we conceded another two goals. So yeah, there's some there's a lot there's a lot of weirdness in in those changes. Um, I mean, why bring Carl Walker Peters off in the last minute for Redmond? I mean, really, what's the point? So yeah, it's I mean yeah, su- successful weekend all round, lads. It's mm. just yeah, Glenn, Glenn, we're playing five at the back to be harder to beat, and yet again yeah. we ship four goals. I mean, mm. something isn't right there, is it? How does it sit with you? Well, it's just, you know, going back to my, I know I went off topic a little bit earlier on, but you've got five defenders, three of them are Gineppo, Bednarek and Valerie. What do you expect? What What do you expect? We know those three aren't good enough. Ralph knows those three aren't good enough. And then he comes out in his press conference and says, we didn't defend well. These players made individual mistakes. Well, yeah, you picked them. You you picked him. Could have picked Lianco. Could have picked Bella Kochap. I mean, I, you know, Lianco wasn't even in the squad. And to me, he's the he's the only defender we've got who's got a bit of grunt about him. And he wouldn't have let Harry Kane have the free ride that Bednarek did all game. Harry Kane would have come off. Oh, did I just play football for ninety minutes? You know, it, it, as a centre half, that that is absolutely insulting. That you didn't even smash into him and get booked. Even once, you know, there was just there was just nothing from the defence. There was no aggression in it. And, and as Steve said earlier, the the the, the defending from the wings, stopping cross, or att- not even attempting to stop crosses coming into the box. But then we compounded it by not picking up the player in the middle as well. Now, if you these are just football basics. These are nothing to do with tactics. These are just basics. Try and stop the cross. Mark the men in the middle. It's what you're taught when you're eight. You know, don't make it easy for the strikers. Don't make it easy for them to score goals. And again, as Steve said, we we just we just did not make it difficult for Spurs to score a goal. They'll score goals anyway. You've got to make them feel like that they've earned it. And and it was so easy. That's to me, that's the only positive from the game is that Spurs will think they're better than they are because they're going to come up against much much tougher teams than us. Um, it, it, it was just so easy for them to score, and you you cannot defend like that. It was just awful. Yeah, Alfie, I mean, one of the key areas, you know, that everyone agreed that we needed to strengthen in the summer was the defence. And, you know, in particular at centre-back as well. And yes, we brought Bella Kotchap in and we were surprised that he didn't feature at all, really. Uh, yet, you know, we turn up to the first game of the season and it's pretty much the same personnel. So how can you expect different results? I mean, I think that's the definition of insanity, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. It was something that I actually pondered, sort of putting out and tweeting yesterday and just asking people's opinions. But I didn't want to be too scathing um, after just one game of the season. But it does feel a little bit like, you say, Jack Stevens, Jan Valerie play, Jan Bednarek still in the team, Musa Gineppo's playing left wing back, which, if anything, is a, a regression from where they finished last season. And it's like we spent six weeks of the transfer window saying, well, this is going okay so far comes to day one of the season, and actually they, they look worse than they did when they finished. And I wonder if that's one of the biggest failings, you know, the window so far. Um, there's still time to sort it, and I think that it's a massive wake-up call. It needs to be sorted. But I can't understand where Amel Belakotchap was or why he was left on the bench. And I certainly can't understand how Jack Stevens, who's played very little time in pre-season, was all of a sudden preferred. I can only presume that Amel had taken a knock, but it didn't actually come up in his press conference. Um, but it's something we'll have to ask him on Thursday. Hmm. Uh, Mark Richards uh, gives us a little message and says, anyone got any theories as to why Salisu's form has gone off a cliff? Um, he's certainly not the player he was, is he, Steve? No. And I think, I mean, is part of it uh, based on the reported um, transfer interest back in January? I mean, after that Man City game where we where we drew one all and he got man the match and everyone was, everyone was singing his praises, has the, as kind of the, the attention possibly got to his head a little bit and he kind of thinks, right, I've, I've made it now. I don't need to continue putting in the effort to improve possibly. Who knows? It doesn't, I mean, let's be honest. It doesn't help that he's playing alongside the people he's playing alongside because I mean, you could stick Virgil van Dijk in our back for, in our back three, four, five, however many we're, we're putting out this week. And it would be an absolute train wreck because there's just no, there's no cohesion. There's no organization between those, um, between those other defenders. And yeah, I mean, as 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 the guys have already said, Jack Stevens, why why is he suddenly in in from the cold? When I mean, for for three years we've known he's not good enough. 
Um, yeah, he's fi- fine for a stopgap for for the occasional game if you need to bring on an extra body. But that wasn't the situation at half time. And as you say, Lian- Lianco was. I mean, he's he's made some mistakes. He's not been not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, he's he's the guy that's going to be kind of, sort of saber rattling a little bit at the back. He's he's the one that's going to going to kick someone up in the air and kind of hopefully sort of get a get a reaction from people. And yeah, yeah, nowhere to be seen. Also, so yeah, it's I just don't don't know quite how we've got to this situation where two weeks ago we kind of thought we had a plan. And a week ago, actually, it was looking, yeah, vaguely passable against against two two good um, overseas opponents, and yet we've kind of ripped up a fair amount of that blueprint in <laughs> in the last seven days, and basically decided, ah, oh, no, it's fine. What um, the the garbage we served up at um, at Brentford um, last season and at Leicester last season in, in those last couple of weeks is exactly what we need to, um, to start, new, to, to start a new season and get, 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 every, get everyone on in a real positive frame of mind again. Glenn, would you agree with that? You know, to fix the defensive issue, we need to recruit. It's, it's not, there's not a combination there that would work. What, what's your thoughts? I don't like to say all the time, cause you know, we're not Manchester United. If you look at Manchester United Twitter, it's all about, I need, we need to sign him, we need to sign him, we need to sign him. We're not really like that. So the way we've got to find an edge is, is, is through coaching and it's through, you know, using the players that haven't yet proved that they're not good enough. So if, you, if you're going to pick a back three out of the players we've got, I mean, Salasu is interesting. I thought he actually started the game reasonably well yesterday. First half, he wasn't bad. And the second half, he fell to bits, culminating in that brilliant own goal, which was just special beyond belief how we how we did that. You know, I thought Salasu actually started the game reasonably well. But, you know, maybe Salasu, Lianco, Lianco, Bella Kochap, that's a bit more of a combination of height, strength, someone who's going to get stuck in. Because that was the problem for me. We were just so passive, just so passive. Let Tottenham have the ball. Nope. You know, there was... Nope. Did anyone get booked? I don't think anyone did. Um, and... Uh, uh, Andre Mariner, I mean, he was very lenient. There was a couple of naughty challenges by Tottenham that, that he let go. That Romero um, one on Romeo was pretty wild. I thought, yeah, it? yeah. It was like a scissor tackle, mm. wasn't it? And um, Carl Walker-Peters caught a bad one as well from Sessegna, I think. The sort of one that would have got sent off with VAR when they first brought it in, uh, sort of like shin high. But um, but we didn't we didn't put a tackle in. Even Oriol Romeo just seemed to wander around lost. And normally, when, when the defence is not playing well, it's because they're coming under too much pressure from from the midfield, you know, not doing their job properly. But I actually thought, I mean, we'll maybe talk about this in a minute, the positives. Romeo Lavia was brilliant. He was just absolutely outstanding in an incredibly mediocre performance. So I think he was decent. War Prowse was decent. Oriol Romeo looked completely lost. I don't think he really, I don't think he put a tackle in all game. I don't think he, he really got involved in any attacking play. So I don't think it was the midfield that was the problem. It just seemed to be a lack of will to defend, you know, do the basics, do the dirty stuff. Um, and I, I don't, you know, and as Steve touched on, Bazunu had a decent game. He, he didn't have a chance at any of the goals. And as a goalkeeper, you've got no hope if there are unmarked players six yards in front of you with a free header. So I think it was purely down to, you know, all all five of them, were, were culpable at some stage, some more than others. Um, and you've just got to, you, you know, whoever's coaching the defence has just got to drill. This is what we do. This is what you do in a back three. And we've just, they've just got to get stuck in more and make make it harder for teams to score goals against us. Alfie, Glenn mentioned the coaching there. Uh, we've got new coaches at the club. The club were pretty swift with, with what they did in the coaching department uh, at the beginning of the summer, weren't they? Um, and you'd like to think they'd be helping Ralph, you know, behind the scenes with some fresh ideas when it comes to maybe the defensive side of things. Have you, have you heard much about how the new coaches have been received by the squad? And do you think they could be key in, in that? It did look a little bit like the, the, the sort of pre-season had been not wasted, but it hadn't quite been up to scratch because they, they looked unprepared against a Tottenham team that were ready to cook, if you will. But in terms of the coach, I know that Carl Martin is someone who's, who's particularly popular in the group. He obviously spent a year with that team, who are most of the same players two years ago. Um, but in terms of Ruben Sellers and Alex Clapham, it probably will take a while to get their ideas across. I know that, you know, I think that Alex has got a particularly difficult job 
uh, if he's trying to organise them for set pieces because last season they weren't very organised set pieces at all. You don't learn that overnight. Um, and I think, you know, I hope that they will come and I, I have confidence that it will come as well, but I don't think it's going to be a, a quick job. Mm. Okay. Um, let's look at the uh, the forward side of things, Steve. This won't I mean, take long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've seen rumours over the last last 24 hours of, of Callum Hodson-Odoi potentially coming in on loan uh, as a possibility. Do you think that would help? I mean, yes, he's a, he's a good player and he's better than what we already have. I mean, how he fits into the system that, that we're... I mean, if you can even call it a system, what we played yesterday, but the Wing system that we're, that we're, yeah, the system that we're theoretically <laughs> trying to play, um, yeah, I don't quite see how he fits there. Um, I think our old sort of traditional, well, Ralph's traditional four-two-two-two probably suits him better, and maybe that, maybe once we get through this fairly horrible run of early fixtures, then maybe we go back to something that that will give us a bit more attacking impetus. I mean, Hudson Doyle is a good player. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a very good reason why Bayern Munich were happy to spend 30 or 40 million quid on him. And there's a good reason why Chelsea said no and tied him down to a new um, new long-term contract. So, yeah, he's he's a good player. He's better than what we've got. And if we're able to get him, then great. Um, but he's not, the, he's not the only body we need in an attacking sense. Because, yeah, I mean, we're not we're not looking like um, we're we're a, a serious threat. I mean, yeah, obviously we we took the lead took the lead yesterday, and it was a, it was a well worked goal and, and really well done. But we can't rely on on War Prowse scoring all the goals for us. There's there's a lot of players in that team that need to contribute, and Adam Armstrong may may be a solution. He may not be, um, but I don't think I don't think isolating him and leaving up top leaving him up top on his own is going to be the answer. Um, I think Arebo needs to is prob I think he's probably better suited to coming from slightly deeper. Um so as a result, you probably need a centre forward who is happy to play either on the shoulder or with his back to goal, ideally a bit of both. And yeah, I, I suspect that, that Adam Armstrong probably isn't that player. Shea Adams kind of fits the bill a bit more, but I mean, what not a clue what's going on there at the moment. It just seems that Ralph just doesn't rate him. But, I mean, you look at his his record. I mean, it's better than the players he's picking. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of it's one of those where, I mean, yeah, we don't see what goes on behind closed doors in, in training. Then maybe maybe Adam Adam Armstrong's um pinging them in left, right, and centre. It's from from the outside, it, it doesn't it doesn't look particularly logical at the moment. No. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we should you know, still a few weeks left of the, the transfer window, so hopefully the club are you know trying to bring in some fresh recruits up top. But your thoughts, Glenn? Because it you know if you're playing Stuart Armstrong and Joe Aribo up front, it would indicate that Ralph doesn't really have much confidence in in what he's got up top in Adams and Armstrong. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, it would indicate that Joe Aribo is not a striker, regardless of how much we're trying to cram him into being one at the moment. He's not. He's not a striker. He's not quick enough. Um, and end of story. He's he's just and to to leave him isolated up front. I mean, he's a very good player. I mean, he did he did really well to get. He got a shot away when we were four one down that Larice made a good save and he pushed it along the six yard line. And we didn't have another player within twenty yards. Spurs had four in the penalty area to clear the ball, and we had no one. Next closest player was Perot, who was out on the left wing. So that that tells you about our int- attacking intent in the second half. Stuart Armstrong, I think he he started sort of left-ish and then he went up front and then he he went right-ish it was, and he he looked kind of fed up and it was like it was almost like he was being given a different instruction every five minutes about about where to play it was um it was it was bizarre and the the second half the, the attacking was just non-existent really so I mean I don't think we're going to score enough goals unless we play with two out and out strikers really you know so if we're going to play five at the back three in midfield it's got to be two strikers who are a goal threat um, I think Arebo would probably be better suited to play in in a, in a midfield three, along with you know Lavia and Ward Prowse, or maybe Stuart Armstrong could play there. And we need two strikers really, Che Adams and the striker that we're going to sign this week, whoever that is. Che Adams is is not perfect, but he's the best striker we've got. So why he's not playing is 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 totally beyond me. Um, Adam Armstrong, I want him to do well. I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. We had, he had a really good chance. It, it wasn't put on the match of the day highlights. He, he had a decent chance when we were one nil up. 
ball bounced to him on the edge of the box. And it was one of those ones where he did his usual in that he smashed it and shanked it and it went wide. Now, if if that had flown in, somehow we'd have been 2-0 up. And that in a game like that, that's what you need your striker to be doing, to have one chance and score. And I, I just don't think Adam Armstrong is is that man, unfortunately. Um, and, and, you know... I'm, I'm not. I'm not writing him off, but at the moment I just can't see it. So we we do need, you know, Sekumara is obviously not going to be ready to to start games yet. So you know we need an experienced player, but that that's the problem. I mean, at the other end of the pitch, I see Connor Cody wants to transfer. He'd be absolutely ideal for us, but mm. uh, that's not can't, can't, what can't move. Yeah, can't move, but he can organise, and that's mm. um, you know that's 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 part of what we need. But, uh, but up front, we've, we've got similar problems. We've, we've got, you know, uh, for me, our attacking players gradually gone downhill since 2016 when Graziano Pella left. We had a little bit of resurgence when Danny Ings was there because he was such a good player with clever movement and stuff like that. But we have struggled in the main. We've just looked very, very stodgy. And at the, at the moment, the attacking options are as bad as they've been, I think. Yeah. Uh, Chris Beaver agrees with you on uh, the comments. Says that if Adam Armstrong is the answer, I have no idea what the question is. Uh, Sam says uh, Arebo is not at all, at all a natural striker. Why is he being played there? It beggars belief. Uh, it's now vital to get natural strikers and wingers into this side. We can't keep playing players out of position, says Sam. Just before we move on to uh, looking ahead to Leeds, um, just want to quickly go round and uh, talk about some positives from yesterday. Uh, some positives from you, Steve. I mean, I know you, who you're going to say. Um, First name is Romeo, second name Lavia. Uh, yeah, he was very good. Um, yeah, very very impressive uh, display given obviously his complete lack of uh, top-level experience and his age and obviously the complete shambles that was around him. Him and Bazunu, I guess Ward-Prowse was, was reasonably solid. Yeah, other than that, not a huge amount to write home about other than, well, we didn't ship seven, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Spurs basically declaring at 4-1 was, was quite handy. I think, I suspect they were, they were probably quite, um, quite happy with a, with half an hour in the sun, just strolling around, really. Similar story for you, Glenn? Yeah, Lavia was excellent, as I said. I, I thought Gavin Bazuna was good. Let's say, didn't have, didn't have a chance with the goals. And for a, for a 20-year-old playing his first Premier League game, I, you know, I, I thought he did well. I, I think a positive that came out of the game is, could be dressed as a negative, but it showed us that, we're nowhere near. You know, you can't you can't think everything is all right when you've been smashed like that. Spurs, we don't, we all know they've got better players than us, but they had more fight, more will to win. They smashed into tackles. They were fitter. They ran harder ahead of the ball, and they knew how to attack. They they showed us what we need. Obviously, we haven't. We're not going to have as good of players as they've got, but they showed the way that you win football matches, or you at least have a chance of winning football matches. And we've got to take the positives. This is bizarre, but we've got to take the positives from getting beaten like we did, which is they showed us the the basics that you need to do in order in order to win matches. And you know, if we don't do those, we are in serious trouble. And they they showed us the way. So I, I kind of see that as a positive. And then, and hopefully it, it's you know it's 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 given Ralph a, a way forward with regards to to players and team selection. But we shall wait and see. Would you echo those uh, positives as well, uh, Alfie, before we move on? Absolutely, yeah. I think Glenn hit the nail on the head in terms of Gavin Bazzuni and Romeo Lavia. The fact that they're very good players, and particularly Romeo, a supremely calm player for his age. I think uh, it's two players that are better than they were in the team last year. Yeah, we'll see how it goes for the rest of the window. On to Leeds then, uh, next Saturday, which was our first win of the season last season. Um, we could do with that again uh, coming up on Saturday, couldn't we? It's been a summer of change at Leeds with key players like Calvin Phillips and Rafinha leaving and six new arrivals like Tyler Adams from RB Leipzig and the winger Sinistera, I think I've pronounced that uh, right, uh, from Feyenoord, uh, amongst others joining this summer. They got off to a great start yesterday as well, coming back from 1-0 down to beat Wolves 2-1 at Ellen Road. Steve, what do you make of Leeds so far under Jesse March since he replaced Bielsa? I mean, he's, he did enough, didn't he, to, to keep them up. Um, I, don't th- I don't think anybody would would ever be able to make a case that he did a great job, but I think they were, they were slipping, they were sliding very, very fast, weren't they? With, I mean, their, their defense that made ours look um, pretty solid at times uh, around the time when Bielsa got sacked. So he steadied the ship and they, and they stayed up on the final day with that win at Brentford. 
their signings have been, yeah, I mean, a lot of the players, the players they brought in seem seem like good additions, but they've also lost lost their two, basically their two best players. Um, they've lost Calvin Phillips to Man City, and they've lost Rafinha to um, Barcelona. Although I'd I'd um, check the receipt on that. Um, just to just to make sure you just to make sure you actually get the money in the bank. Um, certainly be asking for cash up front there. To be honest, yeah, I think to be honest, I, I I'm fully expecting Leeds to be down there, probably with us. I think it's the th- the three promoted sides are, are going to be struggling. I mean, despite Bournemouth and Fulham getting decent results yesterday, um, they don't they don't look anything anything uh, anywhere near up to standard squad wise. And Leeds ourselves, Everton. Possibly Brentford, depending how their new signings bed in, because losing Ericsson was um, was huge given the impact he had the second half of last season. They were another one that were on the slide until until that change. Man United. Um, oh. <laughs> if only. I mean, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that be incredible? That would be absolutely <laughs> amazing. Um, but yeah, I think I think Leeds are one of those teams who are. They'll they'll have games where the crowd and the sort of enthusiasm of that team will will power them through games, um, but they will also have games like they had many of in this um, at various points last season where they just look absolutely hopeless. Um, and hopefully we catch them on the on the latter of those two next week. Mm. Glenn, it's a game both teams are going to be targeting three points. Um, yeah, how do you, how do you see it going? Um, well, firstly, I I grew to quite like Leeds when Bielsa was in charge and, and now with Jesse Marsh, I can get back to hating them again, which is good because um, I just find him an irritating character. <laughs> but uh, Leeds, yeah, I mean, it, any any win's a good win in the Premier League, but Wolves are not going to be great this season. I think they're, they're, they're going to be bottom half without a doubt this year, but you've still got to win the game and Leeds won the game. So it's a great start for them. They will be seeing this, especially having seen our result on the on the weekend, as as a really really good chance to get their season up and running. And momentum's huge in football, and you get two or three wins under the you know under the belt early, and you know they'll feel like they're sort of part way there to achieving this system this uh, season's aim of um, which will undoubtedly be the same as ours is to stay up first and foremost. So I have to admit I don't know too much about the um, the players that Leeds have brought in. I feel a bit sorry for them. Like I felt a bit sorry for Brighton, you know, you lose your, you have a, you achieve what you set out to achieve the previous season, and you end up getting picked off for your, your two best players. But Brighton won, Brighton won at Man United, and Leeds won their first game and all. So maybe it's not, uh, not the worst thing in the world. But it will be, it will be a tough game. But I think it's down, I think it's down to us more than, more than how Leeds play. Leeds aren't going to play us off the park or anything like that. But hold we have, beer. yeah, hold my beer. But we <laughs> have to, we have to show up. You know, if we show up, we've got a chance. But if if we turn up and we're passive and and we just hope things are going to happen rather than actually making them happen, then we're in for another long afternoon, I'm afraid. And they will probably run all over us. Um, so it, it it could it could be it could be horrible. And I don't think it's going to take too much for the for the atmosphere to go a bit pear shaped if um, if we don't put in a performance on Saturday. You know, I think. One thing I did realise yesterday, which I should have said earlier when you talked about the atmosphere, is quite a few people sort of who I spoke to mentioned the fact that we were so bad at the end of last season. And if you start stringing together some bad results at the start of this season as well, then um, then it, it doesn't look too clever. So it's um, it's it's a huge game and one that we, we need to uh, at least perform in. Or alternatively, we can play awfully and win 1-0. That, that would do from this particular game. Mm. Look, looking at the, the fixtures, Alfie, which I wouldn't recommend uh, for us at the moment. Uh, but we, you know, we got Leicester United. Um, we obviously lost today, but we have got Chelsea coming up as well. So, I mean, it's already quite a big game, isn't it? Yeah, it is a big one. Um, it's a big one, probably for the league table. I don't know if there's such thing as a six pointer in August, but it is the two of the sides are going to be down there most likely. Um, so you don't want to lose one of those games. You only have what uh, maybe eight or ten of those games a season where you. You could really steal a march from somebody. I think it's a big one for the atmosphere, which Glenn alluded to. Um, it's you know if if they go out and perform poorly, I think it's going to leave people really quite worried and, and maybe disenfranchised a little bit. Um, they're hoping to get three bars set up outside the stadium um, on Saturday, uh, which you know 
people will get some alcohol in and maybe they'll see the, the game a little bit differently. But I think it's a massive one for, for Ralph <laughs> they, as well. Maybe they won't go into the game. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I think, it's, I think it's a big one for Ralph, especially for two reasons. I think one, the run is so difficult that if he doesn't get a result from his team here, then I think maybe he will even start to feel that pressure a little bit more. And I think secondly, his shape. He doesn't have to ditch the five at the back because I think it can work. Um, the way the wing backs get forward, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. But I'm not usually a fan of putting more defenders out just because your defenders aren't very good. Uh, in some circumstances, but I think that it's a chance for them to show that, okay, we came up against the Spurs side, which are very good, and they are good. They probably finished third in the league, and that it wasn't a case of we're not ready, we're not at the races. It was just a case of they're a really good side. Yeah. Uh, Steve, in terms of the setup for this game, uh, ditch the five at the back. What do you think? I don't know um, is, is, the, is the short answer. The slightly longer answer is... We've been working all preseason on this on this system with three or three stroke five um, as our defensive base, and to discard it after one game against a very good team, it's unlikely, I, isn't it? I, yeah, I, I I don't I don't see that as a viable viable solution because ultimately then Ralph kind of looks a bit clueless in that he's basically throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Which second game of the season is never a good look. I think I think we'll I think you'll stick with the system, but the personnel's definitely got to change. Um, there's got to be um, more attacking impetus. I mean, I get that against Spurs, you're gonna you're gonna try and um, defend first. I mean, defending at all would be would be a start. But but the 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 idea behind that lineup was obviously a containing strategy. I think at home against Leeds, that's not a that's not an option. Um, that is that will be deemed completely unacceptable and rightly so. But you've still got to you got to attack intelligently, and we've seen we've not really seen enough of that basically since February, maybe early March. So yeah, I don't don't really know what the other than buying better players to go up to play play in attacking areas. You kind of got to go with go with what you've got, but. It's yeah, it's got it's got to be slightly different personnel, those with slightly more attacking intent. So probably I would imagine Romeo drops out. So you've got Lavia and Lavia War Prouse and I mean maybe a Rebo drops into that three and then up front you go with um I mean he's not going to because we've 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 obviously seen there's something there that Ralph just doesn't seem to rate him. Um I would go with with Adams and I mean, take your pick from from any of our other sort of vaguely attacking players, I I guess, because they're all they're all much for muchness. They've all got they've all got some good qualities, but they've also got their flaws. And it's a case of which one play which which two of those attacking players play best as a partnership. I mean, based on the back end of last season, I mean, Glenn Glenn will absolutely hate this. Um, I would have Nathan Redmond as one of those two, but. That's it. I'm is, going. Is, <laughs> has, has, has he got, has he got enough uh, minutes under his belt um, in preseason? Probably not. Um, and this is this has kind of been a been an issue, hasn't it? Where both obviously Redmond and Perro didn't travel to um, didn't travel to Austria, didn't get minutes in those games. They've only appeared fleetingly, and now all of a sudden we need them, and they're not going to be fit to start start games for presumably a couple of weeks at least. So. Yeah, you're then you're then kind of scratching around trying to trying to find options, and yeah, I mean, I mean, do you throw um, Seiku Mara in? Just say, well, let's 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 see. Why not? I mean, there's there's an argument that couldn't be any worse. Um, yeah, who knows? What do you think Ralph will do, Glenn? And what would you like him to do? <laughs> um, roughly the same as Steve, without the Nathan Redmond bit. Um, <laughs> I would like Che Adams to play, um, and I would, I would maybe because of lack of options, I would maybe stick Adam Armstrong in next to him because Adam Armstrong is better when he's with a second striker. If Sekumara isn't isn't ready, then I'd I'd maybe go with that. But I don't think Ralph will. I think I think he'll leave Romeo out. I think he'll play Stuart Armstrong in the centre, you know, in the in the midfield, and he'll have Joe Rebo up front with someone but if he's not going to play Adams then to me there's 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 no one really suitable so so I don't know he he may have to swallow his pride with that one because Adam Armstrong as a as the main lone striker if you like um the main sort of number nine just that's never going to work 
So um, I, I think he will change the defenders as well. I, I think he has to. I, I, I can't see, unless he's injured, I can't see Bella Kochamp not playing. And I, I, I would hope Bednarek's left out. But I don't know. I don't know where um, where he is. I mean, he's 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 kind of left Lianco as sixth choice now, isn't he? You know, based on what happened on Saturday, he, he played both Jack Stevens and um, and Jan Valerie ahead of him. Um, he wasn't even on the bench. So, um, I mean, something I've said before is that Jack Stevens is okay if he's given a run of games. He's quite often okay if he plays nine or ten games. But when you just throw him in for one game, he, he's just just hopeless and when he come on as a sub at the weekend we let in a goal down his channel within 30 seconds of him being on the pitch but it, it got disallowed and and it got disallowed for offside There's nothing to do with what we did it was the guy just ran offside you know it, our, our defensive line was was nowhere it, it was just unfortunate that Sessignon was too eager to get in there so may, maybe Stevens in the position that Bednarek played in where he can do the organizing because we need someone to do it we desperately need someone to do it. And that's the whole reason you play three at the back. The, the, the one in the middle has to organise the other two, has to talk to the other two. And I just don't think Bednarek does that. So I'd, I'd like to see either Stevens or Lianco in the in the central position. But whether we'll get it or not, I don't know. I, I can't second-guess Ralph anymore. Used to be able to do it, but I, I just, just can't do it now. So, um, yeah, don't ask me stupid questions like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just before we get some predictions, uh, Alfie, what are you expecting um, for, from Saturday? I think speaking to Ralph on Thursday, even before Saturday, um, he made it clear that he knows he needs to play a more active game at home against the, you know, the likes of Leeds. So I hope that that means it's Joe Rebo in centre field rather than Ori Romeo, perhaps, and they shift around a little bit. And then two strikers in terms of personnel, like Glenn says, it's anybody's guess. But I think he knows that he can't you know, set up the same way. And even saying that, I thought the wing-backs were still quite oppressive on the opposition team. I thought they did that. They did push forward. and But I hope to see just slightly more intent and endeavour. And if that means maybe putting a couple more natural forwards on the pitch, then I mean, hopefully we see that. Okay, let's uh, get some predictions from you then, guys. Uh, everyone got a point in the predictions league after the Spurs game, so it's level across the scoreboard. Yeah, everyone predicting a, a Spurs win. So uh, let's uh, go round here. Just before I do, I've got a couple of comments. Slow, uh, Matthew... slow hand clap to everybody. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> uh, Sam says, uh, 1-0 win uh, for Saints in the Leeds game will be very, very nervy. A draw or loss would be added pressure for Ralph. And Matthew... Dev uh, says 2-0 Saints. Very optimistic, Matthew. We like that. Sometimes a bit of bit of optimism. Um, Steve, what are you going to go for in this one? Saints leads first home game of the season. Oh, um, I do worry that it's... Do you remember our first season back up, what, 10 years or so ago when we had that horrible first four games and the mm. first home game was Wigan? And yeah. everyone, everyone pinpointed that game. Right, this is the one where we've got to get points mm. on the board. And they turned up and they did us 2-0. That looms very very large um two no leads then well no because i i just i i do i mean bamford bamford's a decent striker but i mean i saw him play against andorra and look at look out of his depth yeah so he, he also has he also has the ability to be a sunday league player so i leads are another side where i just wonder where goals are coming from so it's it's gonna be a low low scoring affair kind of bank on prousey bailing us out with a um with a set piece, I guess. Go. For, I mean, I'm, I'm loath to say 1-0 because, let's face it, we ain't keeping a clean sheet. 2-1. Um, 2-1 to Saints for, yes. from, uh, from Steve. What about you, Glenn? Um, I think low scoring, obviously. Obviously from us. <laughs> and, uh, I, yeah, I agree, with, I agree with Steve. I don't think Leeds are going to be the most prolific of teams this season. I would hope we will defend better. Um, but I don't... There were too many problems... Um, regardless of the opposition, there were too many problems on Saturday to, to to magically be fixed in four or five days. So I am going to go for a 1-1 draw, which I actually would be quite pleased with at this juncture, having sat through that on um, on Saturday. Yeah. Okay, one all for Glenn. What about you, Alfie, finally? I was trying to toss up in my mind between 2-1 to Southampton and 2-0 um, because I was trying to imagine a scenario in which Saints either come from behind or get a lead and keep it. Um, and that would also be until 2-1. But as Steve said, 2-1, I'm going to say 2-0. I think that both defences could have a little bit of a difficulty and 
hopefully we see an exciting game. Yeah, sounds like an exciting one. A two all. Uh, Jacob from the Athletics says uh, a two-one Saints win. Martin, who will be back next week, has said one all draw. Uh, ben has also said one all draw for Saints v Leeds as well. Okay, that's pretty much it for uh, this week and the podcast. Don't forget you can uh, follow Total Saints podcast on Facebook and Twitter. It's just at Total Saints Pod. We're on YouTube all those various podcast channels and we have our own website totalsaints.co.uk which includes a link to our online shop total saints icons should you like to get in touch then either comment on one of our posts uh, send us a dm through your preferred social media tool or you can email totalsaintspodcast at yahoo.com uh, we're doing shout outs next week on tsp203 that's right 203rd episode next week so for everyone who leaves a five star rating and review on apple Podcasts this week uh, you could be hearing martin read your name out on the next episode so uh, head to apple Podcasts. Find the Total Saints podcast and be sure to leave a rating and a review. Uh, We're also on Patreon, where should you wish to, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution. Just visit patreon.com slash Total Saints podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. We have four tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month. Uh, Each come with their own perks, including weekly shout outs for those patrons in our Franny Benali tier and the newly named Mick Shannon tier as well. So thank you to Dave Melton, Mark Atkins, Matt Hall and Nick Reed in the Francis Benali tier and also to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy. Nick Hinkston and Phil Cook in our Mick Shannon tier as well. Uh, So Starkey will be back from his holiday next week looking bronzed, I'm sure. And uh, we'll be dissecting the Leeds game and looking ahead to the Leicester game, I think it is, after that as well. So my thanks to Steve Grant, uh, to Glenn Delaclaw, to Alfie House, and we will see you next week. Thank you and goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.